Jakob ist ein Mann, der alles tat, um erfolgreich zu sein. Er log, er betrog, er mobbte, er setzte alle seine Kräfte ein, um sein Ziel zu erreichen. Durch verschiedene göttliche Erlebnisse lernt er eine neue Einstellung und eine Lektion des Lebens, nämlich, dass Gott für ihn kämpft. Es ist Gott, der ihm Talente anvertraut hat. Es ist Gott, der Türen öffnet. Es ist Gott, der mit seinem Leben Geschichte schreiben wird und möchte. Darum ist Jakob so ein super Beispiel für dein und auch mein Leben. Last week we started a brand new series about Jacob and the title is Jacob, the story is not over yet. Wait for the promise of God. I start with a very, very simple illustration. Have you ever thought about the original Bible that God had in mind? Actually, the original Bible was only one page. The Ten Commandments, right? A very simple, thin Bible. Have you ever thought about that? Why has the Bible become so thick and so complex? You have to scroll it on your iPhone for many, many hours. Why is that so? Because people failed. Then God wrote uh, chapter number one, then a chapter number two, then another king, then another prophet. And all of a sudden became so thick. And it's a message of God to you and me. Your story is not over yet. And God is saying, even if people fail, God knows the last chapter. And the last chapter, God is saying, it's good because God wins in the end. And that's very, very, very good news. Can you say to your neighbor, neighbor, God wins. That's the message. Come on, say that to your neighbor. But sometimes when our chapter is getting very thick in our lives, we have done stupid things. There's a lot of people, they will do everything to rip certain pages out of your story, right? This happened actually to Jacob. He would say, oh, I would rip that page out of my biography and have a restart in my life. Let's dive into the story of Jacob. stole Jacob the fatherly blessing and the whole inheritance. The end. Ha! Cool story. Now you can continue. But don't write so badly. Jacob, trust me. Let's have a look at the table of contents. At the end, everything ends well. Look, here is a true happy end for you and your whole family. Happy end? Yeah. I like that. Mm. Me too. Continue riding. Thank you. Yes, right here. Esau was very angry because his brother Jacob had cheated him of the whole inheritance and the fatherly blessing. Esau wanted to kill his brother Jacob. 
So Jacob had to flee into the desert all alone. I have to do what? Flee? Yes. In the desert alone? You can't be serious. In the desert, Jacob had to sleep on a stone. I said no more bad things. I want a pillow at least. Finally, Jacob arrived at his uncle Laban's. Can't we skip a few pages? My uncle is a cheat, isn't he? That's what I heard. You know that, don't you? Jacob, be patient. Look, your story is not over yet. It will end well, trust me. I want to get right to the happy end. This is taking too long. And I don't want all these imperfect things. Yes, Jacob, can I continue, please? Please. Last chance. Thank you. Okay. There, he had to work for 14 years. Work is awful. I want to have a look by myself. So much for a happy end. Chapter 4, fleeing. Chapter 5, Jacob has to work. Chapter 6, Jacob gets cheated on. Not with me. I will tear this all out. Happy end. Jacob! Jacob! Have you ever in your life certain chapters you regret? Certain things you don't like in your life, you will rip it out if you can. This happens all the time in our lives because sometimes you do stupid things. That doesn't mean you're stupid, it's just stupid things. And when those things happen, I want to give you an illustration. Please think for a moment how that page can be restored by God Almighty. God is saying, in the beginning, in the beginning there is God, right? He is the beginning, and God is the end as well. And we believe often that the blessing in our lives goes from blessing to blessing. It's like one line goes up, 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 up. Or other people will say, no, the blessing is like going from glory to glory. It's like I can level myself up to the blessing. It's like certain people believe in that. So other people say, no, the blessing is like waves, goes up and down, but the direction is always upright. Either whatever color you believe in, this is a very nice idea, right? But life is often like this. You regret certain things. And when you're regretting certain things, then you have to 
trust that God, even with those pages, comes to an amazing end. God will never draw even bad chapters away. He takes the chapter and puts it back into the book. The whole Bible, God is never ashamed of people, about circumstances that didn't go well. He said, no, this is a part in your story, in your book, because your story is not over yet. This is the message, you know, because God knows the end. That's why God is not under stress. Jacob was asked two times a question, and let's go in that story. The question number one, he was asked, who are you? The father asked him the question in Genesis chapter 27, verse 18 to 19. And Isaac said, here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. This is lying in a high level. He lied to his father. And then his father, uh, he had a double check in verse 24. Isaac, the father, asked him again, is it true that you are my son Esau? Jacob answered, I am. Can you imagine? He lied to his father. He was on the run for more than 21 years. And after 21 years, he fighted with an angel or some people saying it's God. If this is a godly angel or God, it's very important to understand why. After 21 years, he was asked the same question again. Genesis chapter 20, 32, verse 27 and 29. But Jacob said, I won't let you go unless you pray that good will come to me. Then the man asked him, what is your name? Pause for a moment. When he's fighting with an angel or he is fighting with God, if this is the angel or God, I don't care. The thing is, if an angel or God will ask you the question, who are you? Then I have some questions. Is God always in a position that, oh, I forgot your name. What's your name again? Can you imagine when God forgets, forgets who you are? Can you imagine how when you pray, for example, for, for a house, for your job, and God is saying, I'm not sure anymore if Peter or Francesca asked me the prayer, do you think who it was? When God asks the question, who are you? It's not because God forgot his name. There's a deeper question behind the question. God asked Jacob, who are you? Are you still the betrayer? Are you still the guy who lies? The guy who does wrong things? This is a question. What will happen if God Almighty asks you right now the question, who are you? What would, you, what would your answer will be? This is actually a deep question. And then Jacob said, I am Jacob. And the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, betrayer, deceiver, but Israel. Israel means fighter of God. For you have fought with God and with men and have won. God is saying, Jacob, you're not the same anymore. I will change your name. 
And in 21 years, he was on the run. 21 years, he wrote a very unique, crazy book, right? A lot of wrong decisions and wrong mistakes. And right now, you're sitting here, and you are a product of all the decisions you made in your life, or you haven't made, right? You are, because what you've sown, you will reap. Here are some pictures. Some people are here, you've chosen the wrong girlfriend. You said, if I could restart the whole thing, I would be even smarter. <laughs> Some people say, oh, uh, uh, wrong purchase. I bought things. They're nonsense. Some people say, I've imprinted purchase. I, uh, I bought wrong things in my house. They're now in my house, but they're not belonging to my house. They make no sense at all. Some people say, oh, I have the wrong job. Or some people, you're getting heavier because your eating style is unique. Unhealthy habits, and you say, God, why am I so heavy? God says, I don't know. It's maybe the food. You know, we become what we have decided in our lives. After 21 years, Jacob was on the run. And if I would be the coach of Jacob, I would ask him three questions. And it's the same questions I ask people in my coaching, even pastors around the world. Three very simple questions. Are you ready? The question number one is, am I really being honest with myself? This is my first question. Am I really being honest with myself? Because people are always victims. Oh, it's not my fault. My wife, my kids, it's the company, it's the government of Switzerland. They're so slow. I will be become a Swiss guy, but I have to learn the language. There's always a reason we blame people. And here's the thing, blaming other people is a losing mentality. Losers are blaming other people. Winning people say, I am a victory. God is in me. God is with me. And I will and I can change everything because the Holy Spirit is in me. You are a victim or are you a victory? Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9. And I believe everybody will be agree about that Bible verse. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I asked my wife, do you understand how I work? She said, I have no clue. Men's are very complex, even if you have on, off buttons, but you're still very complex. Here is the thing. We can turn around the story all the time for our benefits. People using statistics to underline what they believe. You find always a statistic who underlines what you believe, right? And if you don't have find a statistic, then invent a statistic. It's very simple. Look, here's the thing. Some years ago, I started with a diet. Diet. Diet means you eat vegetables, and vegetables, and salad, and tea, and water. Things that are really exciting things like vegetables and tea and salad and really 
food for man. And I love creme brulee. If I see creme brulee, I go crazy. Now look for me when I saw the very first time in my diet creme brulee, say, oh look, this is a fruit salad. <laughs> what do you see? I see fruits. Say, oh come on, this is fruit and just a little bit green. But before the diet, I said, oh, this is a creme brulee. Why is there fruit on the creme brulee? Take it away, it's creme brulee. With other words, you can turn around the story for so long until it fits to you. The Native Americans, they have a saying, and I want to draw a very, very simple illustration. The Native Americans are saying our conscious is like a dry angle. A dry angle. It's very simple, right? Every time when you turn around, there's an edge, you say, oh my goodness, this is wrong. Oh my goodness, this is wrong. And if you turn this triangle around for so long, it will become a circle. A circle is very smooth. It's very round. There are no edges anymore. And the conscious, poof, it's gone. With other words, the saying, if you do certain things so long, even if you betrayed your wife, in the beginning it's like, oh, oh, like a triangle, oh, it's wrong, oh, it's wrong. If you're doing this for many years, it's so smooth. It's so round. It feels amazing. This is how it tricks all the time things in our lives. Jacob betrayed it by decision. And sometimes even in our book, or in our story, there are certain sentences, certain sentences, yeah? Where are the sentences? Huh, we underline them for so long. And actually, they are not right. They sounds good, but they are not right. And the first coaching question in every life starts, am I really honest with myself? Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven, the Bible says, for God did not give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of power and love and of a good mind. Just ask the Holy Spirit for a moment. Reflect my heart. Let me be honest. In every relationship, in every marriage, in every family, in every friendship, my first question is, are you really honest? Honest people, God can turn around the story to signs and miracles. People that are dishonest, you reap what you have sown. It's always a little bit far away. Point number two, I would ask the same question to Jacob. Is there a tension that deserves my attention? Is there attention that deserves my attention? It's like a slogan. Thank you, Dave. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 19. As water acts as a mirror to a face, so the heart of a man acts as a mirror to a man. With other words, you don't need even a coach. If you look in the mirror, 
the mirror reflects your really heart. And here are some questions I want to ask you right in the beginning. Some people, they always want to leave. If you always want to leave, like a family or your company, here's a picture of an island. If you always want to leave, there's a tension. Why do you want to leave Switzerland? Why don't you want to leave your family? Why do you leave your small group or your ministry or company? There is a tension. There is a reason down, down deep in your soul. Why do you want to leave? The second question is, maybe you always see a bargain and you buy things you don't need. Are you a bargain hunter? Bargain hunter saying, oh, it was very cheap. Do you need it? Oh, it was very cheap. What should you do with them? Oh, it was very cheap. I have some people in my family, they are bargain hunters. That's why I don't like I have a house. Because you have too much space to fill it up with bargains. Bargains is not always a blessing. Another thing, people that have a big dream to buy a big house. You see a car, you see a house, and all the time there's like a pattern in their life. It's always just a little bit above the budget. Vacation, the car, the house is just a little bit over your budget. And this becomes a routine in the life and they're never coming out of the debt zone. Just be honest. This house is maybe 100 bucks over your budget. It's too expensive. However you like the house is flipping, not on the budget. No! Another thing is, people, they buy clothes, hairdressers, buttocks, and facelifting. <laughs> the next picture. It's too expensive. You're not able to afford all those things. Sometimes you have to reduce a little bit to the max, you know. Is there attention that deserves your attention? Another thing, people sometimes they want to start their own company. They will be self-employed. A dream is always amazing until you start to living out your dreams. Dreaming a dream is another story than living your dreams. Another thing, sometimes, some people have the wrong job. You earn good, but it doesn't feel very right. Other people, they run all the time into wrong friends. I have people say, I don't know. Life is not fair. God is not good. I was running in people. They're cheating. They're betraying me. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I said, I know what you're doing wrong. Because you attract what you are. Are you listening to me? You're attracting what you are. Never pray, God change my wife. Pray, God change me. Because your wife is never the problem. It's always you. It's always me. And that's the prayer God hears immediately. And if you pray that people are changing, God is always saying, you are the flipping problem. Dude, come on. Can I hear an amen? Amen. <laughs> amen. This is always what my wife saying to me. Look, here's the thing. There is, even in my life as a pastor, I mean, I'm almost, almost perfect. Also very, very close to perfect. No, just kidding. I mean, my English is not perfect, but the rest is amazing. No, just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I asked my fr a friend in, in my church, he's an employee, he said, I have to preach about attentions. 
And when I've studied the life of Jacob, I know exactly what his problems are. And if I look at, at too much, the crowd of Isaac, I know exactly what their problems are. But for me, it's very hard to find out my own challenges. Could you route me down certain points? He wrote me emails, <laughs> things. I said to him, don't write a book. Just mention two, three things. And he said, Leo is obvious. For example, when you are tired, you start to whine, to whine, whine. You're not an Italian guy, but you can't complain. It's unreal. And here's the thing, when I start to whine, oh, I'm, I'm passive, traveling, preaching, doing baptism and weddings and working so hard and start to whine, like a sheep. You know what is the problem? There is a tension. Whining, there's not a whining spirit in me. You can, in the name of Jesus, whining spirit, go out. You will not go out because the, the problem is not the whining, it's the problem, it's me. And when I start to whine, there is a, a tension that deserves my attention. For me, I know I work too hard. I've gone too fast. My soul is like two weeks behind me. It's somewhere in the nowhere. And my soul has to connect with my spirit again. And that means for me, I have to go to bed earlier than one o'clock in the morning. I like, I'm like a, a late night person. Then I have to go to bed 11.30. Need, instead of five hours, six hours sleeps a day. And this is like an attention in my life that there's attention that deserves my attention. And here's a question. What kind of words are in your own book? Where are some tensions? And the last point, in closing to the story of Jacob, what story do I want to tell? Because in life, we're doing stupid things, or we want to rip it out, certain things. We are not honest with ourselves, the certain words. This is always not a problem because God is not in a stress, not even in the Bible. You know why? God knows the last page. What will you write on your last page? What is your main vision in your own life. You should be vision-driven and not lust-driven. The most people, they're lust-driven. They see an amazing girl fall in love and bang, and she's pregnant. But people with a vision, they will say, you're so beautiful, I will wait for you because I know how I wanna finish my race. The vision, it's always bigger than the lust. In Acts chapter 13, verse 36, and this is one of my favorite Bible verses in the Bible. David was a good leader for the people of his day. He died what God wanted, then he died. What an amazing Bible verse. He finished the race. And my question is in every coaching, how do you want to finish your race? Because you have to plan your life from the end. If you're driving a car and you're missing a curve, 
If you're looking and watching and be on, on a tree, you will hit the tree. But if you fix your eyes on the street back, your car go up to the street again. And my question is, where have you fixed your eyes? On your challenges, on your problems, or in the end of your story? Plan your life from the end and it will and the rest will come to pass. Here are four questions when I coach people. And there are amazing questions. Who do I see myself? How do you see myself? I would say, oh, I'm strong, I'm blessed, I'm a good father, I'm rich, I'm a Swiss guy. People will mention like supermen, like superheroes, right? This is not impressive thing. Ask your friends, how do you want to be seen by my friends? This is another question. Because often we do things to impress people. All the time. Then if you are bold enough and fit enough, ask please the third question. How do my friends see me? If you are bold, ask your friends, how do you see me? Just one thing. <laughs> they will say, oh, only one thing. I could write a book about things that are so obvious. The life of Jacob from the outside, it's obvious. But for Jacob, he thought, I'm right. I'm a bless blessing chaser. Ask your friend, what do you see? And now comes the most important question. How do I really act? How you act is what you are. You're acting according to the vision you have in your life. You don't act according to your circumstances, your problems, your issues, your challenges. Every Christian who is on fire is acting according to the dream, the vision, the calling that God has given. What kind of story do you want to write in the end of your life? About five years ago, and I love to close the message, I sat down in my house and said, Holy Spirit, here I am. You formed and shaped my life. And I want to be useful for your kingdom. What is my purpose of Leo Bigger? What is my destiny? What is my fingerprint in my life? What is the end story of my life? And I will never forget I sat down and wrote all the things down on a paper. And I took the one paper, went to a bank and put that paper into my depot safe. It's, why? If a robber comes and steals the paper, what's the problem? My legacy, it's not my house. My legacy, it's not money. My legacy is not what I possess or why I own. My legacy, it's my calling. My legacy is like David, he died after he finished the purpose. And my purpose, my dream, my vision is in the bank in Switzerland in a depot safe, when I die, my kids will open the depot safe and write some Leo Bicker. This is his calling. 
this is the legacy. I want to hand it over to another generation, not money. Money is so boring. I'm a Swiss guy, I'm rich. If anything is boring, it's money. Really. House? Sorry. A lot of people are praying for money and house. This is a boring thing. Just ask, God, give me a vision. Give me a dream. Give me a purpose. Give me a calling. A calling is even more expensive than a house. Vision is like an engine drives you. I close with an amazing Bible verse. Genesis chapter 28, verse 13 to 15. And this is a promise God gave to Abraham some years ago. God gave Jacob the same promise he gave Abraham some years ago. And please read this Bible verse for yourself. I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust on earth and you will be spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. Can we pause for a moment? God is watching you wherever you go. Even if there's some pages in your life, they are not right. Even then, God is watching over you. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you. I will not leave you. Can I hear an amen? God will not leave you. There's a lot of people, you have to hear the message. God will not leave you because your story is not over yet. Your story is not over. As long as your heart is beating, God is not finished with you. God is watching and God will never ever leave you until, here is the word, until, until what? until I have done what I have promised to you. There is a promise in your life. God is not finished with you. God is not finished with you. And I want to ask you in the end of my message, who are you? Who are you? I'm, I'm passing at the church more than 21 years. And that's the most important question. Who are you really? Not you, you pretend to be smiling face, holy Christian. I don't care about that. Who are you really? So many people lie straight in my face. Even closest friends in my life. Even people that betrayed to be holy. They lie to me. Who are you really? Is there a tension? But the Holy Spirit is saying, stop. It leads nowhere. Is there a tension? If yes, change it. Not for my sake, for your sake. How will you end your life? This is in your hand. How you start, it's not in your hand. Were you born? 
to whom you're born, it's not in your hand. But how you finish, it's in your hand. Sometimes I wonder, when everything fails and fades away, what does remain? Why do we come to this place from near and far? Because at the end of the day, there is nothing else that remains. What would it look like to face the consequences of something so radical? What would it actually look like to follow Jesus? Friendships may fail, heroes may fail, eventually riches turn worthless. He stirs a thirst for truth, compassion and love. Nothing that this earth could ever quench. What is it that we can truly build our lives and hope on? There is one thing and one thing only when it's all said and done. He alone is our solid rock, our center and our foundation.